podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. They were going to go there, and the reason they were going is because this thing was over. It was final. It was done. I've noticed that whenever uh, someone passes away uh, in the middle of a funeral, that, that there's usually one family member that emerges as kind of that go-to person. They're the person who begins to make the arrangements. Everyone else kind of is dealing with the emotions of the funeral. And in this case, it was Mary Magdalene and her friends. They were going to take care of business. They couldn't go on Saturday because it was a Sabbath. So very early on Sunday morning, when Sabbath went from sundown on Friday to sunup on Sunday, they were not able to, to prepare Jesus' body. So very early that morning, they got up and they went to the tomb, fully expecting to find a dead body. See, we remember the end of the story. Because we remember the end of the story, we forget what the emotions must have felt like as they begin to prepare to go see the body of this man they had followed for three years. Could you imagine the disappointment? Could you imagine the hurt? Could you imagine the, how disillusioned they must have felt going to that tomb that morning? Now, I was thinking about different things in our life when we know something is over. We know it's over. If you ever played sports or athletics, you know when the clock says zero, colon, zero, zero. It's over. No more time. No more competition. No more points to score. If you've ever had to turn in your keys when a job ended, or ever had to follow security to your office and pack up your office, and you, and you walk outside with those picture frames and a few of your knickknacks on your desk, and you, you leave the place that you work, it feels it's over. It, it's that final thing where it just kind of hits you. This thing is done. Often when we go to funerals and you know, there's that energy after a funeral because people come in from out of town and arrangements are being made and decisions are being made and you go to the funeral and you go through the service and you finish the graveside service and you get in the car and you begin to come home and that just awful sinking feeling, it's over. It's exactly what these ladies felt. They were having to do just the necessary task that you often would, that you would always do when someone died. What a hard thing that must have been for them. And they came to the tomb, and they received news that was so unlikely they couldn't believe it. So unlikely they had to be told a couple of times, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Things had changed. And the message to those ladies this morning is a message to you this morning I want to share. Because what does a resurrection mean to you? See, the resurrection is not a historical story only. It's not some distant account. It's very personal. It can be very personal to you today. And I believe what Jesus is saying on this Easter Sunday in 2009, what he is saying through his resurrection to your life, the same thing he said to those ladies, and here's the first thing. It's not over. It's not over. See, life we, is full of all kinds of endings. And we feel like things are always ending. You know, in two weeks, we're going to have our graduation Sunday, and we're going to honor our high school and college graduates. And that's an ending point. And we always have ending points. The year ends. The contract ends. The service ends. Hopefully, on a timely area on Easter Sunday. We're full of a lot of endings. 
lots and lots of envies. And in our life, we all have these internal clocks within us that we say we have to accomplish this by this time period of our life or we have to do this. And, and we're always creating these deadlines within us. And let's just face it, ever since Adam and Eve, they tasted of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, death has entered the world. And so death enters our lives in hundreds of different ways. Things are always dying. Our dreams are always dying. Sometimes our relationships are dying. Death has entered this world, and because death has entered this world, stuff is always ending. And it's so easy to get into the mindset that the mindset of perpetual loss. Things are always going to go bad for me. Things are always going to go wrong for me. Things are always going to end for me. In fact, you know, sometimes that we get so stuck in this mindset that when things are actually going good, we're just waiting for something bad to happen. Can I tell you the resurrection is here to tell you it's not over God has a plan. God is working within you. It's not over in your life. Some of you feel like your career has ended because you, something has happened that you did not expect. Can I tell you that with God, it's not over. You might have lost a job. You might have lost a contract. You might have lost an opportunity, but you have not lost your provision. You have not lost your opportunity. It's not over. Some of you, you are stuck in a marriage, and the word stuck is appropriate because if you could get out, you would get out. Can I tell you that it's not God's will for you to be divorced? He wants that marriage to last, and he doesn't want the marriage just to endure. He wants the marriage to thrive. Your marriage isn't over. Some of you, you've been in relationships, and that relationship might have ended, and there's a voice that comes to you that haunts you that says you're always going to be alone. You're always going to be single. You'll never get married again. Can I tell you that a door might have closed in one relationship, but it's not over for you. If God's called you to be married, as he's given you the desire to be married, that he is a provider, and if God can provide all your needs according to his riches and glory, he can provide you a spouse. Can he not? Because it's not over with him. Some of you look at the children in your life and, and you see a trend and you see a pathway your kids are on and you think, oh man, they have made some decisions that have altered the course of their life and the way they are now is the way they're always going to be. And the resurrected Savior is telling you this morning, it's not over with your kids. It's not over. That's what the resurrection said. You know, when Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, she and her friends thought everything was done. Everything was over. Let's just go and let's do the things you're supposed to do when death has come. But the angel of the Lord appeared and said, don't look for the dead. Don't look for the living among the dead. He's alive. And I just want to say to your career, to your marriage, to your children, to your relationships, to your spiritual ministry, to the things that are in your life, it's not over. There's a resurrection that's coming to your life. The same Jesus that rose from the dead is going to resurrect the things in your life that you need. I want you to look at verse 6 with me. Going on to, to verse 6. He is not here. This is in... Luke 24, he has risen. This is such an interesting phrase to me now as we enter the rest of the verse. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man, this is Jesus, what he said, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then, verse 8, they remembered his words. 
Sometimes when we're in the middle of a tragedy, we're in the middle of a crisis, we're in the middle of a challenge, we forget who Jesus said he was going to be in our life. We forget his word. We forget his promise. We forget what he said. The thing that's so interesting to me about the resurrection story and the cross is the cross was not an accident. It's not like Jesus got arrested and betrayed and God looked down and said, well, I guess I'll save the world through crucifixion. That plan will work now. No, from the foundations of the earth, the cross was planned. The resurrected was, resurrection was planned. Jesus was in control the whole time. Let me tell you what the resurrection is telling you this morning. What it reminded those ladies and what it's telling you today, Jesus says, I was always in control. I am always in control. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Some of you in the middle of your crisis, in the middle of your greatest challenge, in the middle of the, the, the greatest adversity of your life, and you feel like death is in your life. You feel like there's been death spoken over you, death in your relationships, death in your finances, death to your dream, death to your ministry. In the middle of that death, Jesus is still in control of your life. If you're following him, his plan will never change. If you're seeking after him, his plan is never erased. God's plan B is greater than our plan A because he is a gracious God, full of grace. Now, I want to remind you of a couple of scriptures, and, and this fact is just so um, encouraging to me that Jesus was always in control. In Matthew 26, two days before Jesus was crucified, two days before it happened, it said, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to the disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. He said it before it happened. The Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. It was no accident. It was no surprise. Our God is never caught off guard. Our God is never surprised. He is sovereign. He's in control. He was in control of his life. He was in control of his death. He was in control of his resurrection. So surely he's in control of your circumstances. Surely he's in control of the greatest challenges of your life. Our Jesus today on Resurrection Sunday is reminding you, I am always in control. I have a plan. I know what I'm doing. I have designed you and I have placed you in this world for such a time as this. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your generation. This is the reason God chose for you to be alive in these times for a reason. So your destiny can come forward. And when you have some death in your life and you have some adversity and it feels like nothing has gone as it's supposed to go, Jesus is reminding you this morning, I'm still in control. That Saturday, that Sabbath, between the cross and the resurrection was a dark time. It was a time of disillusionment. It was a time when dreams were uh, not only forgotten, but, but there was a return. The disciples began to go fishing again. They, they just wanted to totally abandon their way of life. And sometimes we want to do the same thing. Can I tell you that Jesus wants you to remember who he is? Look again at verse 8. It says, Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words, and some of us just need some spiritual reminders. We need to be reminded about the goodness of God, the nature of God, who God is. And if God promised you it was going to happen, it will happen. 
Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your dream. Stand on His Word. Don't give up. Don't fall short. The resurrected Jesus has the power to change your circumstances. And there's an Easter coming to you. You see, the resurrection is not just a distant story. The resurrection is for you. There's a resurrection coming to your life. And God's going to make things new for you. In verse 44 of Luke 24, Jesus after he had been risen and he was speaking to the disciples, look at verse 44 of Luke chapter 24. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the Scripture. And, and, and you know, I feel like sometimes Jesus, if he could talk to us or when he will talk to us, he'll say, Hey, this is what I said. I told you. I told you it was going to be a challenge. I told you it was going to be rough. I told you there would be some adversity. But my plan never changed. My plan never changed. My word never changed. My promise never changed. It's going to happen. I believe that for those of you who have children. Keep believing. Keep standing. Your kids belong to the Lord. They're sanctified by His Word. There is a blessing that's upon your children because you're standing for God. Here's what happens. We get discouraged when our kids aren't living for the Lord. And then our hearts stray from the Lord. But when we stand for God and we're living right, there's a blessing that comes over our children. They are blessed under our influence. They are blessed because of the life we live. So hold on to that. Don't let go. Part of walking in relationship with God is realizing that even in the chaos, even in the confusion, even in the dark times, even on the Saturday between the crucifixion and the discovery of the resurrection, He is in control. He, was, he is going to hell. He went to hell during that time to get the keys to death and the grave. And He'll go to hell itself to make sure you're victorious. Do you understand that? He, he is going there for you. All of your plans may not have gone the way you imagined them. Can you imagine the disillusionment in the disciples and the followers? The plan didn't go the way they expected. But there was something better happening. There was something better happening. See, look at me at John 16 and 7. Jesus had talked about the Holy Spirit. And he said this, I tell you the truth. This is John chapter 16, verse 7. It is for your good that I am going away. Well, let's just pause there for a second. You know, in our natural mind, wouldn't it be great if Jesus would have been resurrected from the grave and just stayed with us forever? In our natural mind, we, we think that. But Jesus said, listen, it's going to be better for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's who the counselor is. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, my plans are better than your plans. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. My time frame is better than your time frame. My schedule is better than your schedule. My ways are higher than your ways. And I am doing things in your life because it's going to go better for you. What's the last thing the resurrection is telling us this morning? Jesus is saying, I'll make it better. I'll make it better. That's what he does. That's what the resurrection did. When Jesus rose from the dead, 
and ascend it to the Father. He did it because it makes things better for us. Look at verse 50, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. What does a resurrection mean to you today? What does it mean to you? There is something better coming to your life. There is something better coming to your life. That's what the resurrection power of Jesus says, that he wants to bring rulership to your life. He wants to bring dominion. He wants control. And when he gets in control, it gets tons and tons better. It improves. Now, this morning I went to a speak at a sunrise service started at 6 a.m. I got there around 5.30. It was pitch black. And within that hour, the sun peaked. And by the time we concluded around 6.40, it was totally bright outside. It was warmer. And you see what this day is going to be like today? It's going to be a beautiful day. I mean, it's going to be a day the weathermen say this day is going to be incredible. And I think about this because one of the Proverbs say this. They say the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. When I think about your life, I think about the resurrection, is what Jesus wants to bring better things to your life. And it's like the sun rising, breaking dawn, and then getting brighter and brighter. Can I tell you that when you walk with Jesus, it gets better and better. Life progresses. He, he becomes sweeter and sweeter. The peace becomes deeper. The fellowship is the fellowship is more intimate. And the blessings begin to chase your life. The blessings begin to chase you down. The blessings begin to follow you. You know, it's not about chasing blessings. It's about chasing Him. And when you chase Him, the blessings will come. What is the resurrection saying to you today? It's clear. The resurrection, it's not over. It's not over. I, Jesus says, I am always in control. And lastly, He says, I will make it better. I believe that to the core of my being. I'm so glad you're here today. So glad you're here. Because I hope you hear His heart today. hope you don't just hear Aaron up here. I want you to hear His heart. He's saying, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. I want to make your life better. I want to take your your life to a place you never dreamed of. Don't just settle, but allow my resurrection to bring new life. One of the scriptures that was on my heart that I didn't read earlier, but I think it's appropriate now, 2 Timothy 2.13, says this, If we are faithless, He will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. Some of you are saying to yourself, you like what I'm talking about, you like the church, you like Jesus, but you just don't think you can be faithful to him. Can I tell you that even though you have you've been faithless, he has remained faithful. And his faithfulness is drawing you to him today. Say, let my resurrection power 
be part of your life today. A little bit, we're going to have the ushers, or, or at this time with ushers, prepare to pass out communion. And what I want you to do is I want you to hold that communion. And if you don't want to take communion, that's fine. Just let it pass. You're under no obligation. It's just an opportunity for you. But if maybe you've never taken communion before and you want to, I'm going to pray with you before we take communion today. I'm going to make sure that every single person in here who wants to be right with God, we are together going to pray. We're going to allow Jesus This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.